In today's episode of Board Game Impact, Josh is back. And we've got some really cool games that we've been playing, as well as some really cool news that you definitely don't want to miss out on. So stay tuned for this really cool episode of Board Game Impact. Welcome to Board Game Impact. On Board Game Impact, we combine our passion for this amazing board game hobby along with our education and our background in working as educators uh, to really break down the gaming experiences that we're having and things that we're getting to experience in the hobby so that way you can make informed decisions for you and your gaming group. And if that sounds like something of interest to you, make sure to hit that subscribe button real quick before we move on with anything else. And if you're already a subscriber, welcome back. And you'd know who I am. I'm Bruce Brown, and then I'm also joined by... Josh Isringhausen. And yes, Josh is back, everybody. Josh is back. Jeremy, we loved having you on the last episode and talking about behavioral economics and game design and game purchasing and game selling, which was awesome. But it's so wonderful to have Josh back. Now, before we get into the games, Josh, you have been doing a lot of stuff lately, and I want to just take a moment so that way you can kind of explain what's going on with all of that, um, and also because it does affect how often you're getting to play some games, but you're not disappearing. You're just, you're, you're having a season right now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was very um, disappointed to not be on the last episode. I did get a chance to listen to it, and and really enjoyed your conversation with Jeremy and was listening and thinking about, uh, how disappointed I was that I wasn't participating in that conversation. Um, but listeners just kind of give you a heads up. No, I am not leaving. I'm not disappearing or going anywhere. Um, actually the reason I was not on the last episode is I have just finished a whirlwind of job interviews, traveling cross country multiple times in a two week period. Um, and was just recently, um, made the decision. I can, uh, finally officially announce this to the public, um, that I will be moving, um, out to Colorado in the next two weeks. So I am, uh, in packing mode and, um, processing a lot of things right now. So unfortunately have not been able to do a lot of gaming. Unfortunately had to miss last, uh, recording session, um, and, and, you know, have been really hard pressed to get, get any type of recording and gaming in here. But, um, I just wanted to let the listeners know what the deal was that, that I'm not, um, disappearing or going away. Um, I just may not be as regular for the next couple of weeks as things settle in and, um, making some major life choice, uh, major life moves here. So, um, uh, I just wanted to kind of give that update. Um, and, and Bruce, thank you so much for, uh, again, letting me kind of share a little bit personal life, um, of course. with our listeners. Um, but, um, thank you all for, for the support and, and everything else. I, I really appreciate, um, kind of having my space to be able to, to get that stuff taken care of. Um, looking forward to getting back into gaming and, and really looking forward to finding a new gaming group. Um, so if any of our listeners are out there in Colorado and want to, um, look me up on, on, BGG or any other uh, of the social medias, um, feel free to reach out and we'll see if we can get a, a game night together. 
Yeah. And so, Josh, I'm going to challenge you on something. Well, first of all, actually, before I get into that, from the listeners and just from me, I just want you to know, congratulations. I know this is actually a really awesome move. And listeners, he was actually texting me while he was traveling around of like, dude, you have to come check out this board game cafe. There's like three within like a one mile radius of where I'm going to be living. And I'm like real jealous about all of the fun new adventures that you're going to have. And I've already been looking into flights to come out and check that out once you get settled. Um, but I know all the listeners are very excited for you. I'm very excited for you. And, um, this is going to be a really cool and well-deserved transition. Um, but that also being said, this kind of comes at perfect timing because over the next couple episodes, so the day this podcast episode launches, the Spiel des Jahres, who we've talked about before, the Game of the Year awards have gone out. And so we'll be, I'll be doing in the next episode, uh, we'll be going in, I'll be going into that most likely and talking about all the winners and uh, my experience playing those games and what you should look out for. Uh, but also I'll be doing a live stream about those games as well. So check that out. So and then we've got Gen Con right around the corner. So this is going to be more of an update season anyway. So it's kind of the perfect time for a move. Just to thank you on that, Josh. But you've also been playing that game. Um, you have been playing a game this whole time, believe it or not. You've been playing a dexterity game of <laughs> <laughs> and a spatial awareness game. Uh, and I, how has that been going? Sure. Um, you know, I... I don't know if this is just like a callback to me growing up as a kid or what it is. I love packing. Well, I hate packing. I love organizing my life into boxes that I can then stack. Um, I, I Tetris. Um, Tetrising a moving van is is for some reason really cathartic to me. Um, no, it's been going well. Um, it's been a little bit crazy living out of boxes for a couple weeks is always a little hectic, but you know, we're, we're getting into, uh, the, the back end of it here. So hopefully be wrapping up pretty soon. Um, and really looking forward to the move. Perfect. And, uh, Good luck on all the move stuff, and I can't wait to be seeing you very soon, but also this is very exciting. Um, but that being said, I know you have been able to play a game. I've been playing some games, um, so, but with everything going on in your life, we're also kind of going to ad hoc this a little bit. So we're going to talk about some games, but then we're also going to talk about some news um, and some Kickstarters after the quick break here in the middle, um, just so that way we can get you some of the latest cool content that's going on for us, and so that way you can make those informed decisions. So... Josh, I'm going to start this one off, if it's okay with you. Take it away. Okay, so I, I have been seeing this game on shelves. I didn't know it was coming out, and then it just kind of came out within this past month and a half. And the game is Jaws. It's a, like the movie. The box art is the movie poster, actually. So it's a full IP game, Target exclusive by Ravensburger. Now... I don't know about you, Josh, but when I see an IP-based game and also Target exclusive, although Target has been better about having some really great games that we can introduce people to, I always worry about some of these things, especially when it's right now on the shelf next to Kenny G's Keeping It Sexy and Bob Ross' The Art of the Chill, which I've actually heard is a wonderful game. But I had been doing some research on this Jaws game because I'm like, that sounds kind of cool being a shark and being the player. So this game, Josh, is it's designed in two acts. And so how it works is the first half of the game, or however long it takes, you're actually on the island. And so it's one player doing hidden movement, 
who's Jaws, which, by the way, the name of the shark in the movie is Bruce. So that's why I was Jaws, because that's my name. Um, so Steven Spielberg named the shark after his attorney. The other players are all playing Brody, Hooper, and I cannot remember the other um, character right now. But essentially, two of them are in the ocean, and one of them's on the island, Amity Island. And what they're trying to do is trying to find Jaws, because there's been shark attacks. And so the first half of the game, Act 1, is them being on this island, closing down beaches, feeding these buoys to the different boats, the two players who are in boats out in the water. And what they're trying to do is drop these buoys on Jaws, on Bruce. So that way, they know where it is, and then they can go out and hunt it down. And so Act 2 of the game triggers when either Jaws eats nine people, or they drop two buoys on Jaws. So that's how it triggers round two. So how it works for Jaws is they're actually doing, after the little event card happens, they actually write out their movements on the secret little score pad. Now what's interesting, Act 2 is takes place on the Orca, so on the boat in the movie. And it's programmed movement of Jaws and all the players programming out what they're going to do. And Jaws is trying to do one of two things. They're trying to either eat all the people or destroy the boat completely. So it's a modular style board. It's really, really cool. But it's the backside of the Act 1 board. And the players can win if they kill Jaws. Now, what's fascinating about that is depending on how many people Jaws ate in the first half of the game, gives if Jaws eats a lot of people, Jaws gets a lot of special power cards. If Jaws only ate a couple people, then it only gets a couple power cards, but the other players get a ton of resources to use to try and kill Jaws. So it's really cool how they had this interwoven theme, and the mechanics feel exactly like you're watching the movie play out. It's a very, very well-designed and well-put-together game, and I would highly recommend checking this one out. It's only 30 bucks, Target exclusive. Does this sound like something of interest to you, Josh? You know, I, I'm not... This may be a hot take. I don't know. Um, I'm not a huge Jaws fan. Um, I, I don't know. I, I maybe I just never watched it. Whenever it, I, I might have watched it a little bit too late. Um, and so, it, it didn't really impress me as much as what I think it did a lot of other people. Um, but you know, the game, the mechanics of the game sound decent enough. Um, you actually hit on something that I think was pretty, um, interesting. You know. I'm actually becoming a little bit less cautious towards target IP based games. Um, now that's not to say all IP based games. I still, I put a lot of grain of salt on pretty much anything coming out with a major IP. Um, but when it comes to target coming out with some of these new games, I've heard really good things about Jaws, um, not just from you. I've heard it from from a couple other folks who have said, you know, really, really positive things about their experience playing that game. I've heard really great things about Bob Ross, um, interestingly enough. Haven't heard anything about Kenny G, um, though who knows? Maybe that's a good game, too. I don't know. They've shocked us in the past. But I've I, I think I, I'm more. And villainous, villainous. The the Disney game I think is another really mm-hmm. quality example of this of Disney of these, villains. Yep, di, or villains. Yeah, it's villainous, but it's all about the Disney villains. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, they're they're coming out with some pretty interesting, um, you know, lighter weight entry level games that that are actually relatively decent to play. And so I'm a little bit less cautious about picking something like that up. Um, like I said, you know, for me, I don't think this is one that I'm going to run out and buy right away. But it, I like that there is a big box office store that is bringing out games that are quality games that appeal to a larger audience. I think it does um, the board game hobby a, a great service to have um, and, you know, have a, a an institution that is putting out these really high profile IPs that are drawing more people into, into the hobby. Um, so well said, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's probably, um, the thing that I think is, is most important about, about some of these games, you know, we can have a fun time playing them, but I think it does help the hobby whenever we have decent games coming out through target. Absolutely. And I'm very thankful target has kind of taken up that mantle. Um, now, with Jaws, just to point this out, so I was playing with some very seasoned gamers when I brought this to game day, but I was also playing with somebody who had never even been to our meetup group before, and so and he hasn't really played many games, and so it was really easy, and it put everybody on the same playing field, and so it was really good for gamers who've been around a lot of games, also brand new people, the reference cards were super useful, super easy at introducing all everybody to what's going on, even if you hadn't really seen the movie. So he hadn't even seen the movie. So it was still, they're still relevant. Yeah. I don't know why he joined it, joined us, but he did. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I actually picked it up though, because I don't have many hidden movement games just to call that. And I was wanting to learn more about that and get better at that. And so I think it's a really good, Hey, this is a lighter weight hidden movement game. That's not going to take the three hours of a vampire, the masquerade or those kind of things. Um, and so that was really cool to get exposure through that in two types of movement, one programming, one actually hidden movement where you actually write stuff down. So that was cool. And the the programming mechanic, I think that sounds that's really kind of cool. That 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 second half is is what I think, where I think I would most enjoy playing a, a game like that, where you're where you're programming your hidden movement a little bit. I I think that sounds really neat. Yeah. But yeah. So what have you been playing? So, interestingly enough, uh, I like I said, I have not had a chance to game a lot uh, over the past really month. But um, within the past three weeks, I have been able to play one game and have now played it four times. <sighs> um, and that is Everdell by Starling Games. Um, for listeners who aren't aware of what Everdell is, uh, this came out in 2018 um, to a great deal of fanfare. And I was a little... I, I don't know why I, I just it didn't sound like something that intrigued me until I looked into it a little bit more. And I just have to say, wow, <laughs> this game is absolutely fantastic. Uh -huh. I instantly I, I don't have a lot of 10 star games on my BGG rating. Um, and this is one of them. What's going on uh, in this game? So in this game, you play as um, very cute woodland critters 
Um, your options are the mice, the hedgehogs, the turtles, and the squirrels. And you are building up the city of Everdell at the base of the Evertree. Um, and so there's actually this giant cardboard tree standee that you build and place on the table. It's actually one of the big complaints is that it is unnecessary. You don't need it. And it takes up a lot of space, but it looks cool, (laughs) but it looks cool. And it creates this really nice presence on the table. Um, but as you do that, you are, um, there are two big, two big things. You are, it is worker placement and tableau building. So you are placing your workers out onto the board to gather resources which you will then use to build buildings and hire workers for those buildings uh, to put into your tableau, your section of Everdell. Um, And each card has a series of points on it. Um, You will also be able to collect uh, in-game rewards for having certain combinations of cards or a certain number of a certain type of cards that will score you some in-game victory points and you play until you run out of actions. One of the things I think was very interesting about this game and something that I actually really enjoy is that the game doesn't end for everyone at the same time. Hmm. You play until you can no longer take actions. And for some people that may take longer than other folks. Pretty much every time I've played one person is kind of at the end just running through and doing a whole bunch of actions by themselves for the last two or three minutes while everyone else is done and tallying their scores because they had extra things that they could do. Their engine that they had built took a little bit longer to run um, in terms of the amount of turns they had. So, you know, somebody ending the game by completing their actions didn't end the game and cut everyone else's um, kind of engine building off, which was something I found really nice um, was that, you know, I had if I spent a long time building up this really complex engine and mapping out a whole bunch of things, somebody who just kind of rushed through things wasn't putting putting me off by it. I. I, I really, really, really enjoy this game. It is absolutely fantastic. I was very jealous of of my buddy who who got this. Um, so Everdell has been running on average about a hundred to a hundred a hundred and twenty dollars um, for a while now. It is a sixty dollar MSRP, but has been sold out for quite some time. Uh, and my buddy just happened to pop into our friendly local game store. And was browsing around one day and saw it on the shelf for $60 MSRP, snatched it up and... Should buy a lottery uh, ticket. Yeah, he he absolutely, absolutely knocked it out of the park. I was really, really impressed. Um, very jealous. Like I said, in the last month or so, I have played pretty much Everdell. And that's about it. It, it is consistently hitting the table. Um, I was given permission from my fiance to purchase Everdell as the last game that I get to purchase before we move. (laughs) So So, where is it shipping to? um, We are. I'm waiting till we move to (laughs) Colorado and then I will purchase it. That's Um, a good idea. 
for listeners, uh, an important thing to note here: um, I'm not wait. I'm not spending a hundred dollars on this, nor should you. There is a second printing that is on the way. It will be coming um, in the next couple months. Um, as of right now, it is estimated third quarter of 2018. So within the next month or two, it should be um, hit back on on shelves. Yeah, probably right at, so they can take some orders at Gen Con and send them out when they get back. Yeah. Which is going to be the beginning of August of 2019. Um, so, Josh, I have a question on some stuff that you brought up there. Because I know a lot of times when I play a worker placement game or sometimes a programming game, I always feel like for a bunch of games, I'm getting my engine to be right where I want it. And then it's like one turn before I'm about to run the dang thing, someone ends the game. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you get to actually fulfill and complete that thing. So there's more of a sense of accomplishment there. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you're, as you're kind of building things up, one of the, I mean, there is worker placement as a core mechanic of this game, but it's actually not as prevalent as what one might think. Um, really your main source of resources, I mean, you're sending your workers out to gather resources, they come back, and then your main action is building your tableau in front of you. Um, and so you're building out your city, and as you build out your city, your city will allow you to take actions and trigger a whole bunch of things off of one another um, really, really nicely. And yeah, you don't have when someone ends the game, the game is over for them. You continue to take your actions until you can no longer take actions on the board um, to maximize your score to the best of your ability. It, it, in some respects, that it feels very solitaire-like. Um, yeah, I was wondering that. about that. Yeah, but you know, there's. I, I think it. It also has. So there's um, and. Uh, some bonus or sorry, promo cards that, that add a little, that you can add into the deck that add a little bit of a take that mechanic. Hmm. Um, there's already one card in the deck. Um, the, the fool card, which you can play on someone else's player board and is negative points. Hmm. Um, because no one wants the fool running around in their city. Um, and so, he takes up a space on your board and is negative points. So there's a little bit of player interaction, a little bit of messing with one another. Obviously, the interaction of there's no bumping workers. Once a worker is on that space, they are there until that person chooses to recall their workers. So you can kind of hunker down on a space and try to block other people out of prime real estate on the board. So there is a little bit of player interaction, player manipulation, um, taking cards before people can get to them. So there's a, a common pool of cards in the middle of the board that, that you can try and snatch up before someone else does not a lot of player interaction, but enough that it keeps people engaged in the game. Okay. So enough that it keeps you engaged, but not enough to like ruin your engines, because I know that can happen with some of these games too, or not enough to completely mess you over of the spots you want to take on a Euro game. Sounds pretty cool, um, actually. So, Josh, with that, uh, and listeners, we're actually going to take a quick break, um, just because I want to do a couple quick updates, and then when we come back from this break, we are going to jump into some Kickstarter news, as well as uh, some other gaming-related news. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that, because there's some pretty cool things coming out. And so stay tuned.
Hey, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed learning about Jaws and Everdell. Uh, we're going to be getting back into some games that are on Kickstarter and other, uh, some other news that you're going to want to hear about, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I just want to take a quick break uh, to give you a couple updates and also let you know about something. So the first update is that, believe it or not, I'm actually on iHeartRadio. So Board Game Impact is now available on iHeartRadio, which, yes, it's the same iHeartRadio that you've heard in your car as you're listening to regular radio stations of, hey, tuned into us on iHeartRadio and iHeartRadio, the concert and all those kind of things. So... If you enjoy listening to radio content through iHeart, you can also listen to Board Game Impact. And so if you want to check that out, hop on over to iHeartRadio or just ask Amazon Alexa. And so there's a couple other updates that I wanted to share with you. And the first of which, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Justin, who is one of our phenomenal Patreon backers. Um, and so he is supporting us over on patreon.com slash boardgameimpact. And so on the Patreon, for those of you who haven't been familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a way, it's a crowdfunding source where you can go on and support people on a per month or per content creation basis. And so for our Patreon, it's on a per month basis. And so we're putting out at least two podcasts a month, as well as some other things that I'm about to talk about. And so on Patreon, on the right hand side, you can just go patreon.com slash board game impact and check out all the different tiers, which is based on your level of engagement, as well as some more information about board game impact. So why are we making this content? Why are we, where can you listen to the show more and what everything goes towards? There's different tiers of support that you can provide. Um, the first of which is just a very basic, Hey, I'm on here. I want to get access to the Patreon only posts. So on here, every uh, twice every week, I'm putting out some sort of post, at least on Patreon, at least twice a week. And so typically that's a Tuesday and a Thursday. So I've been writing little articles up, finding things on Reddit, finding things online, writing up my thoughts about them. Also putting out some ideas for non-conventional gateway games that you might want to consider. So there's a lot of Patreon posts that you can actually access by joining. Um, so you can join with that. I'm also doing a now a quarterly newsletter. And so what that's going to be is some general thoughts about some things going on in the hobby and kind of a hearing from me uh, because I'm the one kind of leading and steering all of this. Um, Josh is a co-host on the show, but this is the way that I'm engaging to kind of cover our basis. Um, so it's a quarterly newsletter. So it'll have a some information that's going on, my thoughts directly to you, and then also a game highlight of the quarter. And then also what what has happened in the last quarter and then what things you can look forward to moving forward. So things that are going on that we're looking forward to, like different conventions we're attending, different games we're looking forward to coming out, Kickstarters that are supposed to be being fulfilled. And then also looking back and some of the highlights because there's a lot of content coming out and some of the things I'm about to say. And so you're going to want to know and be able to piece together uh, what, what I've been doing with the funds that you've been providing to the show. Um, and so there's a newsletter access tier and then all these other tiers have scaling things. So if you've backed at a higher level, you get all the previous things as well. And the next one I want to talk to you about real quick is the, um, the player level, which is really what I think you're going to want to look at because that's going to have actually all of those things of the newsletter access, the Patreon posts, as well as on weeks, opposite weeks of when I'm recording, um, when the episode actually launches, I'm doing some different uh, 
YouTube live streams. And so those live streams are about 20-ish minutes. I'm talking about some games coming up, some thoughts on some things from the hobby. But with this level, you can actually jump into those live streams. So it's hosted on YouTube, but it's only available through our Patreon level. Uh, and so you can actually hop on and we can interact and talk about the show, get your questions answered, as well as give you insights about what's going to be coming up in the upcoming shows. And so with that tier, you can also be listed in all of our YouTube credits um, once they go like to recorded status as well as on the website and things. Um, so there's a lot of really cool content coming out and things that you don't want to miss. And I think that you would be too. And so that's why I'm making sure to tell you about it. But by supporting the show on Patreon literally helps helps Josh and I get even more and better content out to you. And so thank you to Justin and others who are supporting the show on there. Um, I completely understand if that's not an option for you. And so if that's not an option to you for you or in other ways, just please do go in and rate the show uh, because that will really help spread the word and just tell your friends about the show because we want this to be able to have a positive impact. And that's why we're doing all of this um, to help this amazing hobby. So speaking about this amazing hobby, let's jump right back into the show. I wanted this to be just a quick, short update. So we're going to jump right back into the show and enjoy. Welcome back, listeners. I hope you enjoyed learning about the Patreon updates and things like that. Um, so now that we have Josh back on, uh, we're going to jump into some Kickstarter news. And so... Josh, one of the things I wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about in a while are some Kickstarters going on. Um, because we've been, you and I have actually been playing a lot of games over the last couple of months. Um, this one season is just a little tighter. But there's some cool Kickstarters going on that our listeners might want to be aware of. And so actually, I'm going to start us off with one um, that is actually closed right now, but I'm talking about it because you can still get access to it. They have a late played pledge available. Um, but that is Democker. Um, Democker, it was the first game ever uploaded into the Board Game Geek database. So if you search boardgamegeek.com slash game slash one, this was the game that'll come up. Um, so Scott Aldi, Alden, who is the founder of Board Game Geek, this is the first game he put in there. It's essentially called the godfather of Euro games. So again, Euro games are games that are designed with the mechanics first, theme second. And so it's what it is. It's actually German elections. And so in the original game, you'd have seven total elections and you're a politician and you have different little policy things, whether you're pro um, pro surveillance or negative surveillance or pro education or pro um, urbanization, et cetera but it's all symbols for these things. And it would take a couple hours to play and then you're trying to get your person elected. Person with the most elect electoral points, essentially, points wins the game. Now, of course, you can also, this is like real politics, there are donations, quote unquote, or bribes, um, in other words, that you can make to give you special powers during the game and everybody has kind of the same ones. But this is put out by, this is a limited edition because it's been like 35 years since this game first came out. This is being put out by both Stronghold Games and Spielworks, and they're only doing this print run. It's not going to be out for at least another two years, 
because it is so old, so they don't really know the demand, but they've guaranteed, like, you will not be able to get this outside of the Kickstarter for another two years, and that's part of why I wanted to talk about it. Now, in the new game, it's not seven elections in this limited edition, but it is four elections with an optional variant to have more if you'd like a longer game. So they have streamlined it down, so instead of taking a bunch of hours, you're going to be able to play this in, like, two and a half, two, two hours to two and a half hours, because this is a meatier, crunchier Euro game. I know that can sound like a lot, but from everything I've seen, this game looks like a lot of fun, of uh, really that theme and kind of coming through, but the Euro mechanics having fun because you can put people to help you in future elections. So you're not just doing the election now, you're working on the elections that are going to go on in the future and trying to align yourself as a politician to be the one everybody wants to elect. Um, so that is Democker. Josh, did you look at this one at all? You know, I did. I I paid attention to it. I did not actually look at it because of my um, spending prohibition for for the next couple months as as I prep for everything. Um, and very disappointing to myself, honestly. Um, Democker has been a a bit of a grail game for me for a while now, actually. And so I was quite sad at the timing of this release because it came. Um, right smack in the middle of when I was deciding that I, I needed to put a hiatus on any major um, expenditures. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to the, the I'm hoping that they will bring this back um, sooner rather than later for, for another print. Though I am looking through this late pledge. I have to say I'm a little disappointed by one thing, and that is um, money bills. Uh, yep. So paper it is it's, money. I think it's going to be like the raccoon tycoon, like the plastic money, which is actually mm -hmm. satisfying for that game. But it actually, it'd be kind of cool if they went with some of the other ones where it's like a bound stack of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? I think it's Cash and yeah. Guns has that. Yeah. I, you know, it'll, I, but that is a, a, a small component issue. I, I, this is a game that looks really, really interesting, really, really good. I would love to, to give this a shot. Um, it looking over here, it does look like they are projecting to have a limited number at Essen and potentially BGG con Correct. if they're make their print game. So, um, maybe we'll knock on wood here, but life will be a little bit more sorted by by November and I can try and stand in line at BGG con to snatch one of these if if I'm able to yeah and so this game actually is supposed to be shipping in November of 2019 so that's right when BGG con is which will be perfect and so Spielworks is over in Europe and so they're having a, a print run over there and then some for the US um, but yes, uh, Stronghold, so Stephen Bonacore has come out and said that they are making a very limited, like 100-ish copies above whatever the order is that ends up happening. So that way they could have some for a convention. But also, Josh, like, I'm going to have my copy now, and I could just bring it to things. You can just bring it to things. Yeah, absolutely. I would love, for, love to get a shot to play this, Bruce. Absolutely, so. and I'll be bringing it. And so that way, hey, you're a guaranteed player. Got to find two more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is Democker. So up on Kickstarter, you can check out that late pledge. That is by Stronghold Games, Spielworks, and, of course, Stronghold Games is part of Indie game studio um so josh you have a couple things on your side yeah so the first thing i wanted to mention in terms of kickstarters here um the big one for me that i'm 
again, really heartbroken that I can't spend a lot of money right now because this one is a big investment. But that is Game Toppers 2.0. For listeners who are, they're so nice. For listeners who aren't aware or have never heard of of Game Toppers or haven't seen them, Game Toppers are uh, essentially game tables that conversion kits. Um, you you buy them. They come in some sections, and you snap them together and place them on top of your kitchen table, and they will convert your kitchen table or your living room coffee table or whatever you have Walmart folding table Walmart folding table into a bona fide high class well well done board gaming table um they have some they just look gorgeous they make um game mats that are absolutely phenomenal and in this new kickstarter they actually contracted out some artwork for limited release game mats custom game mats one designed by one of my favorite artists ryan lockett uh they also have one designed to look like the world of scythe so you can roll out your um, scythe inspired mat on your game topper. These things look absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorite things about them, you have an optional buy of these hanging bags. So like I said, they break down into um, individual parts um, and they actually, you can buy on a separate, separate of the pledge, these bags, which will hang in your closet. So you can store your game table hanging in your closet and, and not have a lot of, Space being taken up. It's a great, great, I think, option, um, relatively affordable option for folks who um, don't have a lot of space, want to be able to have a high quality top of the line game table, um, but don't have the space to have a second game table or don't have the money to to buy a full fledged game table. I think their lowest um, game board comes in at about um msrp of 500 dollars, but kickstarter rate of 400 dollars. Mm-hmm. which yes sounds like a lot it is a lot but when compared to multi-thousand dollar game tables is is really a drop in the bucket and y'all these things are like built to super last this is what gets used for like Origins Game Fair, BGG Cons, which happens twice a year. So they get put in storage for half the year and get beaten up at conventions, and they look amazing. So I'm just gonna call that. They they I the the wood on the, the wood inlays on them look absolutely beautiful. The um you know the the construction of them is absolutely phenomenal. You're right. Um, seeing them at BGG Con and the the beatings that they take at those conventions, and they come back every year and they still look absolutely fantastic. I'm I'm all I'm constantly in awe by the quality of of what these these game toppers are. Um, really, really great um, purchase if if people are able to to you know spring for something like that so yeah. really encourage listeners to take a look at it 
really, really love these things. Yeah, these things are awesome. So if you're somebody who's always wanted a gaming table um, but doesn't really have the space or things like that, check this out. I'm also just going to throw this out. Berkey, who's the guy behind Game Toppers, who you'll see in all the pictures and stuff with a top hat on. He's just a wonderful human being, too. Um, so I've met him at some of the conventions. And every almost every publisher has a phenomenal relationship with him. So in all of the things, you'll see pictures of all sorts of games. And that's because he has relationships with all of those companies. And so that's why he has things with like Ryan, special art from Ryan Lockett of Red Raven Games or um, some scythe art for from Jamie Stegmeyer, things like that, um, and Jacob, who was the artist for all that. So go check that out. It's Game Toppers. If you're interested in this one, you have to hop on this like now um, because at the time of this recording, there's only a couple of days left, and I think you're going to have about two days after this recording till it closes. Potential for late pledge, but it's going to be available, so that's why I wanted we wanted to put this out there. Good Absolutely. call on telling the listeners about that one, Josh. Absolutely. And for listeners who may be listening to this a few days later, I will say part of um, why the Kickstarter is happening is to re-up their stock. So if you go to GameToppersLLC.com, um, after the Kickstarter has expired, you, you should be able to find it. You're just going to find it at full MSRP prices rather than the Kickstarter exclusive prices. Yeah. And so go check that out. So this is actually like the true thing of a Kickstarter not being used as a store, but like he needs this in order to like make the things. Um, so that's really, really cool. That's game toppers. So I've got something different and outside the scope of like Kickstarter and things, but it's just some news that I think you're going to want to be aware of as a gamer. Um, so Josh, this is really cool. I was watching the Origins live stream wrap up video, which is well, it was also the whole Origins stream for the last day, but it ended up being the wrap up video too for BGG. Um, so they go to all these conventions for board game week, um, and they were at origins and they had publishers coming on demonstrating their games, yada, 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 which is cool. If you ever want to check that out, they have, they post all those interview schedules and you can click into them. So it's cool seeing like Rodney Smith or Eric Martin and others interviewing these game designers and publishers. That being said, at the very end of it, they announced something that's going to affect literally all of us who use the site. And that is that they're. During, uh, during Gen Con, they're going to be making an announcement, but it's kind of already been an announcement, but they're going to show off what the thing is. All of Board Game Geek is going to look completely different. Um, so they've talked, they've like updating colors, um, getting rid of Ernie, who's the logo with the dude running with the hair whooshed back and the checkers game board or chess game board, however you want to look at that. All that logo is going away because it's like 20 years old and it's time for some new life. If you've gone to Board Game Geek spring or fall and the colors of the jerseys and those kind of things, all of that's completely being updated. All of those things are now a relic of the past. And so the rest of the website, though, of like the format and look of it, that's going to be updated later in the fall, according to Aldi. Um, but all the colors and everything else like that. So if you're not paying attention to the Gen Con updates, literally you'll go to bed one night and then you'll just wake up the next day and everything is going to look different. So just wanting to give you that heads up because I know I would be like, what website am I on right now um, for about a split second? And so I think that's going to be really cool. I think it's very much so needed, um, but I think it should be good for all of us. So that's pretty exciting. Um, no idea on colors or anything like that yet, but they've apparently been working on it for a year and a half. So should be good. Really looking forward to it. I will say I, I love BGG. I use it frequently. It is not the 
most aesthetically pleasing website on the internet. You're um, not wrong. I, I I would imagine that this is a huge undertaking, though, because it is a massive, massive website. Um, and so to be able to to launch a redesign, um, I'm sure, has taken quite some time. So really excited to see what that, that comes out looking like. Yeah, and so as a heads up, there's about 2 million users a month on BGG, all of whom can create their own content. So there's a lot of content out there. Um, but that all being said, speaking of content, Josh, you sent me something today that had me like hurting on my sides from laughing. And you got to talk, you got to let the listeners know about it. So listeners, I, I have some kind of shocking news here. Yeah. Um, and, and that is that, that the spiel, judges have have made an unprecedented decision and they are pulling the spiel de jars award from settlers of Catan um in a surprise move here um i was laughing so, because of their ground their findings because uh, there was a person who was petitioning petitioning and they said it's because of how overpowered the sheep are it's like they it, pulled the wool over our eyes, Josh. How did I not see that one coming, Bruce? <laughs> I did, you knew it was going to happen. Um, how did I not see that one? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so they've apparently pulled this, right, Josh? You know, I, I have to give it to... I'm going to call out this author here. Um, this was uh, Tiffany Lay. Uh a a phenomenal piece on meeplemountain.com um it was a listeners a satirical news article um regarding uh the pulling of the spiel from the 1994 award winner settlers of Catan over it being a broken game because of one person's one-time playthrough um i found this hilarious i am not the biggest settlers of Catan fan in the world but um just found it very very entertaining very funny um had to share it with bruce and so had to share it with y'all recommend uh going giving it a read it is quite an entertaining piece it really is and thanks josh for sending it to me like i said it caused some great laughs of the sheep being overpowered etc because it's like you always have sheep actually in the game i end up trying to name my sheep and then trying to trade sheep for sheep with people just to get new sheep because i'm like i don't want you i want their sheep i don't Um, want this sheep yeah (laughs) exactly and so just it's fun to go check that out so good i'll put the link to that article here in the description so if you want to read that for yourself Uh, it is satire though but also it's like a good reminder by the way that won the spiel in 1994 and it's still like going strong for a lot of new gamers it is and, and you know like I said, I'm not a huge fan of it. I it is not a game that I think I will really ever pick up and and really play a whole lot again, but you're absolutely correct. It is it is an evergreen game if there ever was one and and good on good on them for for making it. It is mm-hmm. continuing again, kind of like those those Target games. This is a game that you can pick up anywhere. You can pick it up at Target or Walmart or wherever you want to find it. And generally it is a great game to introduce people to the hobby, introduce people to the concept of 
a board game being something that is actually fun and enjoyable and a nice way to spend an evening with friends. Yeah, and so speaking of spending evening with friends, it's been wonderful spending this evening recording with you, Josh. Um, But speaking of also Spiel, if you want to find out the games that just won the Spiel des Jahres, do go over and check out, hop on the Patreon, and then a couple days after that, hop on the YouTube, because I am going to be doing a live stream where I talk about all of the games that just won, the game that wins Kenner Spiel des Jahres, as well as Spiel des Jahres, so Gamer Game of the Year, as well as um, Hobby Game of the Year, and so... Get excited for that. Hop on that. So if you are listening to this recording, by the time it comes out, is that video will be just brand new. And so if you want to hop in live, hop on over to patreon.com. Um, but Josh, I know there's a lot going on for you, but I know, I know we are all very thankful and happy for you that like all the excitement that I know you've told me offline about your new move and new opportunities, like that's really awesome. And so congrats on that. And we look forward to connecting with you post move or during the move, if we get so lucky, but also hearing how you like settle into games in a brand new area. Cause that'll be cool for our listeners too. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. Really excited. Um, Colorado going to be a great place. Um, like I said to you, um, while I was there, um, some really, really awesome board game cafes. I've already checked out one while I was interviewing there. We'll definitely be coming back and and checking out and, um, hopefully be giving some shout outs, uh, here on the show. Um, next time I, I'm, we're back on. Sounds great. So Josh, um, any last parting words for the listeners? Once again, listeners, thank you all so much for for tuning in, listening to us, spending this uh, hour or so um, letting us talk to you about this hobby and and why we love it so much and what we've been experiencing in it and uh, the type of impact that these games have for us and, and our friends and family. And that's absolutely wonderful. Again, Josh, congrats on the new job and enjoy the move. Now, that being said, um, I'm going to be doing some different updates as we go along here with the spiel and then an episode about the Gen Con and things like that. So get excited about the upcoming episodes. Thank you. I cannot say enough how um, Josh said it perfectly on the nose, but how thankful we are that you're listening to Board Game Impact. And we hope that listening to what's going on for us in our gaming lives and what kind of things we're backing or what we're seeing in our gaming experiences is also having an impact on you and your gaming group. You can learn more about us by visiting our website, boardgameimpact.com. If you'd like to have a topic discussed, you can email us, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram. The email for that is boardgameimpact at gmail.com and the Instagram and Facebook are, of course, boardgameimpact. And uh, one last shout out to our phenomenal Patreon backers. Um, Real quick, if you want to get a shout out like the one we had today, hop on over there and check out how you can have that happen by going to patreon.com slash boardgameimpact. And then lastly, we would just love it if you wouldn't mind. Take a quick second and do while you still have and you're queuing up that next podcast. Rate the show in, in your podcast app so that way we can increase the optimization and have other people get this content as well. And so spreading the word is super, super helpful. But more importantly, we hope that you are having a phenomenal summer and that you get to go out and play some amazing, amazing games. But most importantly, that you get to go have a positive impact on the world. Until next time. <laughs>